Welcome to Off the Clock Conversations with Lily and Lauren. I'm Lily. And I'm Lauren. We are two therapists here to share some hopefully helpful insights into therapy, life, and everything in between. On today's episode, we talk with Lily about her own experience of navigating stress, transition, and financial pressure. We've been told, for legal purposes, we need to remind all viewers and listeners that these are only conversations that are happening off the clock and for knowledge and entertainment purposes only. If you're in need of therapy and psychological services, we or someone we'd know would be happy to meet with you on the clock. Welcome back to Off the Clock Conversations with Lily and Lauren. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. So today, I actually want to talk about just kind of the mental state that I've been in yeah. over the past couple of months. I also want to talk about that. <laughs> my state or your state? I want to talk about your state. Let's <laughs> get mine. <laughs> you know, it, life has been hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for me, I'll say it's been... I started this year, like, in the private practice, and I was like, okay, like, we're in 2023, the economy is changing, prices of houses are changing, like, I am not going to be able to survive with the little income that I'm making. Mm-hmm. I'm not. And then Adriel and I got married, and we were like, there's no way in hell we're going to be able to bring children with the income that we're making. And, like, we both, we don't have jobs that give a consistent paycheck yes it's not like necessarily the most stable which i think that's like one piece where for those that have a stable income that have the ability to just grow in a company i i love that and i miss having that and then i'm like you know what you took a risk and you decided to do something independently and create your own company and that also means you have to come like experience the consequences of the instability. And also I chose to marry and fall in love with someone that wants to become an actor and I chose to support him in his dream. So that also comes with the consequence of you have to accept that it's again, financial instability until he makes it, which I'm a big believer in both of us being able to be successful. But so now where I am now is in this state of sort of panic, mm-hmm. trying to keep myself regulated because I'm like, there's no control, right? In the here and now, nothing I can do except just take steps and do the best I can. And and then I'm like, okay, so there's this thing called manifestation. Fuck it. What's the worst? Let's try it. Let's sit here yeah. and write what we want and meditate on it and imagine it. And listen, if it works amazing and if it doesn't i'm not losing much and then i'm like okay there's this other thing like all these little tricks that everyone's saying like Mm -hmm. do this and everything's gonna work and i'm like okay um let's try it what's the worst that's gonna happen and then i keep coming back to okay am i becoming these are all the thoughts by the way lauren all the thoughts that go Mm -hmm. through my mind every day i'm like okay i'm working really hard and i'm constantly focusing on how to make it financially and then like Through my day, I'm like working really hard to remove any financial thoughts and only focus on my clinical work because I do not want 
money to affect the way I do my job because I love my job. I love the mm-hmm. way I'm able to help people. And so I'm like, okay, psychologically, don't bring the fear of money into work. Outside of work hours, you get mm-hmm. to focus on like specific hours I have assigned for business. You get to think about work and money and business and all of that. But when you're in room with clients, when you're running that one skilled application group, like you just focus on that. And then I'm like, okay, so then now, and I'm like, all right, so am I like turning into this bad person for wanting to make money? But at the same time, I'm like, no, we're not giving into this ridiculous mm-hmm. mindset that just because you're helping people, you have to sacrifice yourself. <laughs> Yeah, we're not doing that. No, we are not. (laughs) No, you get to ask for your worth. You have a phenomenal resume. You get to ask and you do Mm -hmm. really good work. So you get to ask for what you deserve and still continue to provide great quality work. Focus on the quality and whatever. So I'm there and then I'm like, okay, now I started this rediscovering you and I have the offices, which I'm grateful that, that it's like here and there people are renting. But it's then I'm like, what if I fail? Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. And that what if I fail happens every other day. Mm-hmm. Because things aren't going fast enough. Yeah. And so inevitably mm-hmm. something will happen. Maybe there's no one's renting today. I don't mm-hmm. know. Which happens now, because it's only been two months my doors have been open. Yeah. So no one's renting. And then it seems like you have an evil little thought Mm -hmm. about failure that you're really hooked on. Mm -hmm. And it starts to tickle you. Mm -hmm. Are you a Lord of the Rings fan? Yeah, I've seen it. I'm not a fan. Okay. <laughs> I mean, neither am I, but if I were, I would be like, I think we have a Smeagol and Gollum situation. Oh my God, we do. I, lo- I know them because I remember the names because they're so cute. They're so Smeagol. cute. Smeagol. <laughs> so Smeagol is the sweet little thing that wanted her to fly and Gollum's evil and obsessed by the ring. Uh-huh. Anyways, that's ring. a huge... It- for like anyone actual Lord of the Rings fans. I'm sorry. That's a But it's a great analogy because I want the ring. I want the ring. Because honestly, I'm also a millennial and I feel like I've been screwed time and time yeah. again. I don't know if it's factual because generations and generations have gone through shit. I get yeah, it. The but world's just fucked. The world is just fucked. And every hundred years, like if you talk to any past generation, they're like, you know, we didn't have it easy either. And yeah. I'm like, Okay, but did you go through whatever? I'm like, okay, so I'm yeah. a millennial. <laughs> yeah. And in 2023, the like the cost of everything has gone ridiculously. Yes. But the pay that we receive doesn't necessarily match unless you're like really up there yeah. in a higher rank of success, right? So for someone that's starting a company, two companies. Mm-hmm. And it's sitting and it's like, okay, I'm starting and I believe in myself and I, and I know that I just have to keep every single day, put one foot in front of the other and that's about it. But there's this, and, and, and Smeagol wants to be like a good person and wants to provide yeah. amazing clinical work because it just makes me, I love doing that. I love helping yeah. people 
learn how to deal with whatever they're dealing with and then move on and become regular human beings that have to deal with the shit show of the world and life. Mm -hmm. So I love my job and I love doing that. So I want to hold on to the purity of that, Mm -hmm. that part of me. But then I'm growing up and I'm like, okay, well now I have to start thinking about how am I going to pay for a family? How am I going to be able to have that comfortable home I want? Yeah. A nice car. And whether people believe this or not, I'm a Taurus. I kind of believe in it. I like nice things. Yeah. I'm not ashamed of it. I love my nice things. So those cost money. <laughs> they do. But I don't think your golem is your desire to be successful. I think it's the way you're talking to yourself about it. No. It's okay to want nice things to be successful. But you're really shitting on yourself being like, you failure. That's what I'm talking about. I'm like, oh, my God. Well, this is the thing. What if I do fail? What if you do? Really think about it. If What would failure be? Disappointment. Tell, walk me through. Tell me about your disappointment. You really fucking failing. You, you're done. I'm done. So my failure would be... Um, Rediscovering you doesn't even take like take a single like nothing happens with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to give up the office spaces for LGA and rediscovering you because I didn't like I didn't do good enough in my way of marketing or so I, something I put out there people didn't want. That's the other thing. I think that's what it is. I'm like, what if people just don't like me and don't want to send me people? Or mm-hmm. don't want to rent mm-hmm. offices from me. And then I have to be like, oh my God, that's such a horrible thing to say to yourself. It is, Gollum. <laughs> um, wait, so tell tell our listeners, what's LGA and Rediscovering You? Because I know, but I don't know if they know. Okay, so LGA is Lila Galusian and Associates. It's just office spaces for therapists. Um, quality therapists that come and have their own space. They do private practice there. It's a beautiful space. I I genuinely love the space. It's beautiful. It's healing. It's Mm -hmm. open. Um, And the concept of it is really quality private practice therapists having their own office once or twice a week or whatever time they Mm -hmm. need it. They have it to themselves and and they have a space to come to and have colleagues. Yeah. And a space to come to and feel like, okay, they're coming into an office and having like clients, mm-hmm. their clients interact with other clients. Like have a little like office space feeling mm-hmm. that's like yours. You're renting it once a week, but you have colleagues that you can talk to. You can kind of just feel like you're at work. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think because of the pandemic, so many people gave up their offices. Yes. And for clinicians, especially quality clinicians, having someone to just go and talk to. Yeah. Or like having like someone to just sit off the clock and have a conversation mm-hmm. with and then like the client exactly. And you are one of my rentees, which I love. And having someone to just go sit and then go back to your session. Yeah. Like release and go back to your session. And then rediscovering you, it's a skills application um outpatient program. It's just skills application groups, CBT and DBT groups. Yeah. For anyone that wants to learn how to make the CBT DBT skills their second nature mm-hmm. um and then learn more about who they are outside of their diagnosis and yes. what they struggled with um learning more about yourself so it's an outpatient program and an office rental space those are the two mm-hmm. things that i created so the fear is that it's not just that those things don't like 
pick up. Mm-hmm. It's that they don't pick up because you suck. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I know. Wow. That sounds so that's, fucked up now that I hear yeah, that. that, that <laughs> yeah, now that we're like marinating on that for a second. Okay. I don't suck. I know that. Yeah. But tell me like, so what if, what if this does happen, right? Mm-hmm. You get this feedback. They're like, so why do you suck? Can you just, I don't know if you have like a hypothesis as to why people would say that you suck. I have no clue. Okay. Because so they just, has, well, some people have told me I suck, but like, but they Most just, majority. people are like, we're not referring to Lily. Like she sucks. Yeah. That's the fear. Yeah. Okay, cool. Like, oh my God, Lily's annoying. I have, why would we refer to her? Although she's really good. Why would we refer to her? And yeah. that's the funny thing is really, I have heard so many people say like, you're really good at what you do. Yeah. So I know the statement, although she's really good, would be the <laughs> sentence of, although she's really good. I wouldn't refer, refer to, to her because I don't like her. Yeah. Okay. So that's the fear. So if, if people are like, so you, they just don't like you. Uh-huh. Then what happens? What would happen to you? I would fail. How would you fail? Because you don't have clients. Yeah. And mm-hmm. all the money and all the effort and all the like internal work, even I put a lot of internal work into creating this place to make sure it's like within its like core values all went to shit what would you do though i'd have to get a job as a regular therapist at somewhere else Mm -hmm. go back to what i did Mm -hmm. which then led to me being a clinical director within three years of me being licensed (laughs) yeah i literally got licensed in a year and a a year and a half later i was the program director a year later I was a program director and a year later I was a clinical director yeah okay I'll probably end up as a therapist and then at some point back to my clinical director position Mm -hmm. somewhere okay that pathway doesn't sound so bad no but I don't want it I want my own so what would you do if you were getting that feedback let's say you and it wasn't going the way that you wanted to what would you do if you didn't want to go that route I would just keep figuring out what else I need to do to make it work. Yeah. I keep putting in work in it for it to become a success. This is, and you remember the episode we talked about stress and overwhelm and sometimes like you have something and you're like, I'm not willing to not problem solve. Like I'm not willing to look at another solution. Yeah. It has to be this. That's okay. This is one of those moments where the stress is, it has to be this. Yes. And so you would find a way to make it this. Yeah. And so let's say I've definitely, oh my God, when I was applying early on for internships, I I have a snooping problem that this is, I swear this, we're going to come back and this is going to be related. I like so it. Tangential I, stuff did. is my favorite. Yeah. I also want to hear about your snooping problem. This is why I stopped snooping. So I was in an interview and I was like, I feel like I'm doing really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw my interviewer taking notes. So my interviewer um, is stepping out to print something out to show me. So what I do is I lean over the desk <gasps> to see what her notes say. And the note says rapid mumbler. <laughs> and I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. I did not... I'm not, I'm not nailing this interview. 
at all. Uh-huh. She thinks I'm a rapid mumbler. And then you can't unsee that. No, you can't. So then I'm speaking so eloquently <laughs> and I'm also over pronouncing words. And I just remember being like, I really wanted this internship. Mm-hmm. And I was like, one of those moments where I was like, I cannot believe this is happening. And I was being really, I, you can't unknow. I couldn't admit what I had done. So mm-hmm. I just was like, that's never going to happen. But when I learned that, I actually, I hated, I shouldn't have found out like that because I shouldn't have been doing that. If I wanted feedback, I could have asked for it. Yes. We're having a lot of judgments though. Yes. <laughs> I shouldn't have been looking. Snoopy, Snoopy. Anyway, so Snoopy, me, mm-hmm. um, I did end up taking that feedback though. And I really worked on pronouncing my words in a not stressful environment where I wasn't like, waiting for for someone to tell me if I'm going to get a job or not. So I really worked on it. And so it was hard feedback to get. Mm -hmm. And I never recommend looking at your interviewer's notes in an interview because what the fuck are you going to do if it's something bad? Hello. Uh (laughs) You're going to feel real uncomfortable. But I have no doubt if still, if you were getting the feedback, we just don't like you, Lily, that you wouldn't be like, I guess I suck. Goodbye. Like, I don't think you'd do that. I think you'd be like, okay, well, what are the things I need to change to make these people who must suck because they don't like me, like me. Yeah. Well, I, and I think this is, it's funny because we'll, we'll go into a bit trauma work for me. Yeah. Um, because there was a point when I was the clinical director at Resilient, um, there were a lot of people that kept giving me feedback about mm-hmm. like, well, we don't like you. We don't like the way you give us feedback. A lot of staff and a lot of associates and not a lot. But there were like, there were people that really understood me or like mm-hmm. appreciated my style. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And then there were people that just didn't. And it was usually around the conversations of like, okay, well, someone was trying to kill themselves or had a conversation about killing themselves and you literally just let them walk out the door. Um, so tell me what you were thinking mm-hmm. because I need to understand what you were thinking so I can help you navigate that. And that tell me what you were thinking was the feedback that said you're condescending. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, so how do I ask the question? It's not the question, it's your tone of voice. Okay, how do I change my tone of voice? And it was like, no matter what change I made, mm-hmm. it wasn't good enough. <laughs> well, yeah, that's like whack-a-mole, right? Like you're just whack a moleing issues. And if the issue is just actually, I already made a decision and it doesn't matter what you do or say now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then you have no chance. Yeah. And I think that's where, cause that, I, I'm, that is a situation and a circumstance. If we're going to use the skill checking the facts, I can take myself back. I sat with human resources every single day to Mm -hmm. say, okay, like, what can I do better? I want to be a good clinical director. I want to be a good boss. I want to be someone that people feel supported by when they're doing therapy because the client's care is the most important to me. Mm -hmm. And if you're struggling with your boss, you're going to have not the best outcome with your clients. Of course. I don't want to be that boss that's going to not give you the best care so you can provide the best care. And I would sit with staff. We had so many meetings where I'd be like, all right, braid me. Write down all the things that you have problems with me. Yeah. I'll take it to my own therapy session and I'll work on it. And then at some point, both human resources and the owner were like, Lily, you need to stop. Mm-hmm. You need to stop asking them what 
is wrong mm -hmm. for you to fix it because they're never gonna stop giving you bullshit reasons of what's wrong. Yeah. And the ones that are telling you there's nothing wrong, you're making us better clinicians and there's nothing wrong with telling us we're not doing the job well sometimes. It's okay to tell us yeah. we're fucking up. Um, that was but I think that's the thing. Like I am a person that's like I just have to keep problem solving and problem solving. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, okay, I'm doing all the things I need to do with these companies. Side tangent, going back to my original, I released my trauma of what happened mm -hmm. with Grizzlies. I don't know why it needed to come out, but it did. Sometimes it does. Yeah. Welcome to a therapy session with Lauren and what Lily's therapy sessions look like. <laughs> <laughs> For herself. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah, man, it's I, a fear of being able to create the life I want. That is what I'm experiencing. Yeah. And the interesting thing is what you were naming was when you had to, it wasn't that you had to let go of being a good clinical director. You had to let go of the way you were trying to go about it. Mm -hmm. And so it sounds like it's less so a fear like, you know, that you'll You'll, you're going to do this. Mm -hmm. You know that you're going to problem solve it. You're going to go to bat for yourself. The problem is, it, it seems like it's more so that you don't know exactly what it would look like if you were getting that feedback, if it was about that, because at resilience, that's what didn't work. And usually, I feel like that's the answer. It's like, there's only so much feedback. If someone doesn't like, this seems like what you went through at Resilience. It's what I like to call a no win. <laughs> there was no way you were going to win that situation. No. There was no way it, you were set up to fail. Yeah. And by the time you're getting that feedback, the people who were probably giving you the, you know, the, you know, critical feedback, they had already made a decision that they were just not going to like you. Yeah, pretty much. And I think, and this is the funny thing is the feedback I'm getting now from anyone, anyone yeah. that I meet that knows me, anyone that I'm like, everyone is literally the people that have actually worked with me and have seen my work. And a lot of people that were under me as like associates or staff, when I see them places, people are constantly like, she's amazing. Yeah. Lily's really good. Like Lily really is knowledgeable. So that's why like there's a part of my checking the facts where I'm able to repeat to myself what people have said. Yes. And I do it often. But I think because it's like so unstable, me and Adriel's life and career right now mm -hmm. financially, and that is the solution to the problem of our stable life with children and a home mm -hmm. and all of that. And I, I want that. Mm -hmm. And I'm so worried of not being able to afford that because right now we're all the way at the bottom. Yeah. And of course, this is like a very natural fear to have. And especially like if you get that kind of constant feedback via a paycheck, that's a very stable paycheck. Mm -hmm. You have less, um, I think, shifts in self-worth, self-esteem. But it is like so much of this is like having enough faith in yourself. And we become flooded by all the times where we feel like we didn't meet that. Yeah. And what I like to call this is, do you remember, I don't know, in like the 
early, late 90s, early 2000s, like, that's what I call 2000s greatest hits. (laughs) I feel like this is, like, Lily's version of, like, that's what I call all of my recent failures. (laughs) It's just your brain doing that. So I always, whenever I'm, like, having, like, thoughts like this, I always am, like, that's what I call Lauren failing. (laughs) And it's, like, your brain going back and, like, kind of replaying, like, track one. Mm Mm-hmm. Lily getting shit on at resilience mm. track two and it's like going through all of these things and just being like and it kind of contradicts yeah. what the feedback you're getting now other feedback that you had probably gotten during that time mm. and it, we really are selective in what we're picking up on because we're trying to reinforce the fear yeah yeah it really is and then like it's that's where I love when those tracks play I I really and there's so many things I can be grateful for because I look back at those times and although very, very annoying, I was annoyed all yeah. the time. Um, by the time COVID hit and because when COVID hit, unfortunately, there's so many things that happened that we really like a lot of staff had already like left and then we yeah. had to like cut down a lot mm-hmm. um, because we couldn't financially afford all the staff that we yeah. had. So thankfully we kind of like the, the staff that ended up staying were the ones that after that, like the company just bloomed. Yeah. It just bloomed because we got rid of all the ones that in my mind, the judgment was you just don't want to work. Mm-hmm. You literally just want to show up, sit in your other therapist's office, gossip, and then come and say, I don't want to work with difficult populations who are borderline personality disorder and schizophrenia. You don't want to handle job and you like, you just want to complain about everyone. And when in my mind, I was like, okay, so like, I didn't want to judge. I didn't want to judge the staff, but then once they left and I saw the staff that stuck around and then we were in COVID and we were doing beautifully. Yeah. Literally. I was just like, you know what? None of the staff. And then from that point on, whoever got hired, everybody loved your leadership. The company was so like, it was thriving, not only because of your leadership, but because the staff were doing such amazing work and they were great clinicians. Yeah. Um, Client care was, oh my God, the clients were getting so much better, so much faster. Like I didn't even have to fight with insurance half the time because they were just doing so good that insurance was like, all right, we'll give you three more days. And I'm like, okay, thanks. Yeah. (laughs) But that's a, like, it sounds like you found your tulip garden. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's really hard right now. Some, some days when that fear of not having the home and the life, like being able to have that life Mm -hmm. that Adriel and I both want, when that fear of like, I'm not going to be able to achieve that kicks in, then it starts, like you said, my, what was the character's name? Gollum? Gollum. Gollum. My Gollum starts saying, well, you know, all the bad things that people have said, whether some have truth or not, most have no truth. Mm-hmm. You know, all of those. Yeah. We're just going to keep bringing those. Yeah. Up. And then I have to come back to my tulip garden and be like yeah. actually no but that's been my month and it's a horrible month yeah <laughs> with good moments in it but it's really hard to stay to maintain a sense of 
self-worth in these moments when everything is everything else is unstable Mm -hmm. and so everything like kind of wants to trend in the same direction so you're fighting like a lot of I don't know what to do with discomfort I can't feel good about myself and be uncomfortable right now yeah and instability brings all the insecurities and insecurities are pretty much old things that people have said about yeah and to you that you kind of kind of took on and I, I like for me, it's I know that I have the skill set. Again, I'm I love CBT and DBT skills, and I use them every single day. And I know that there's a lot of people, not only people that have started their own company, because there's a lot of people that decide to take risks during the after the pandemic and kind yeah. of go independent. And then there's a lot of people that actually have stable jobs that still don't know how they're going to survive with our economy and how they're going to create a family and be able to own a home and have those things so it is kind of a difficult time for people to imagine themselves having the homes and the family and the life that we all want it is and what is your recommendation for them I think well the thing that I do every single day is sticking to what I'm grateful for Mm-hmm. Um, but and the other thing that I do is I, I use history as a model as much as I can mm-hmm. and I kind of say you know what humanity's gone through these phases where there have been generations like yeah maybe the home prices because in LA they're over a million dollars maybe they weren't a million dollars but they went from like 65, 70, 100,000 to suddenly bumping up to like 180, 200,000. Yeah. And people are like, how are we going to be able to buy a home? And how mm-hmm. are we going to be able to do this? And then it jumped from like 400,000 to six, 700,000. Yeah. So the, these problems have existed in humanity for generations and for years. Um, and I think one of the things to say is, well, for us, thankfully, we live in the United States of America, so we have a lot more say in who we vote, on the contrary mm-hmm. of what a lot of people think. We really do have a yeah. lot more say in who we vote and which politicians we bring and what um, what we allow for it to become a law and a policy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're always going to figure it out because we're human nature and we always solve problems and figure shit out. We just have to believe in ourselves that we're going to figure it out and be able to buy that home. And so you will. And so you will. Yeah, that's that's the skill that I'm using now. I don't know if it's right or wrong, but it's the one I use. Yeah, I think the comparisons to history and being like, other people have gotten through this and I can too, it's such a powerful skill. And so I think that's definitely one that can help move it in the right direction. And I think knowing who, when your golem is showing up mm-hmm. and knowing who's talking, if I'm, you know, about to do something and that I've, you know, wanted to do that I've done before, that's not like, you know, calling like my sister, like a, an insult on a group chat, mm-hmm. you know, if it's something good, then I need to remind myself that I know why I'm doing it and just look out for golem. Look out for golem. Thank you. It was a lovely talk. Yes. So welcome to another episode of Off the Clock Conversations with Lily and Lauren. And we will see you next week. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday.